Well, John Krasinski is unexpectedly turning into one of the most valuable filmmakers out there. He's much, much better known or was as um, Jim Halpert from the American remake of The Office. Basically, he was the um, Tim Freeman character to Steve Carroll's David Brent or version of David Brent. Um, but he's also a filmmaker. He's heavily been involved in producing and um, sort of co-directing and being involved in films. He directed The Hollers in 2016 and it wasn't very good and it bombed and no one really watched it and it wasn't supposed to be very good. But he's back now with A Quiet Place and it's pretty much set the world on fire. It's almost in the same way as Get Out did last year. It's a, a sci-fi horror um, but much less comedic than that film. But um, with a, a relatively low budget, it's made a fortune and went straight to number one in America. It stars his wife, lucky man, Emily Blunt, who I've loved. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me, I could have turned the mic off before I did that. Um, and it follows this family in the very, very near future, not even the future, basically a a version of the present day and they live in a world that's been attacked by these fearsome monsters who are completely blind but have unbelievable hearing and you don't really see anyone else throughout the course of this movie but this family but you get the impression that everyone is now living like this they basically live in silence so they've got um three at the start of the film they're in a, a department store that everywhere is abandoned uh you suspect that the majority of people died and the kid, one of their children, they've got three kids, one of them picks up a, a space shuttle toy and sneak, and the um, dad takes it off of him because he's got batteries in it and will make noise, so he takes it off of him and hides it. And they've got a little girl who is played by Millicent Simmons, and she is a deaf actress in real life. She's only young. Um, she plays like a 10-year-old in this, I think. Maybe a little bit older. And uh, she's... You know, they they basically want to have any semblance of a normal life, and the young boy is probably about four years old. She gives him back the shuttle just so he can have a bit of fun, and she takes the batteries out, but he sneaks them in his pocket. And they're basically walking off through the town, being very quiet. You can't speak. They use sign language, and the, the kid puts the batteries in the the shuttle. He's dawdling behind the family. He turns it on. And that's when you kind of know what the setup for the movie is, the look of absolute horror on the parents' faces. And within seconds, this barely seen, incredibly violent creature just comes through and kills a kid. Pretty bleak opening. Well, in a way, a little bit like the start of it, I guess. Um, and they, you know, obviously they're grieving, but they head off to their, their house and you see their life, which is basically they just do everything in silence. They um, talk to each other in sign language and they play board games and they live in horror of anything smashing or falling over or any loud noise because it will gravitate these creatures towards them. Um, and the kicker is, is that she is now pregnant and she's um, obviously, that's a big deal. In the universe where the slightest sound can mean instant death, going through childbirth and bringing a screaming baby into the world is a pretty good motivational plot point, to be honest. It's an obvious one, but it's a very, it works very well. 
and we followed his family's life. It's not it, there's not much of a story beyond that. Um, it's basically you know the build up's going to be to her giving birth. And the odd moments here and there where, they, where, where their involvement with these creatures happens or where loud noises are made and so on. And they've got a bunker built in the bottom of their house, which is completely soundproofed. Um, so you just follow their lives. Now, like I said, there's nothing to the story at all. It's that they're, they, they're the only people you see really in this future world, well, current world that has is, is been invaded and you don't find out much about the creatures, but the, you know that they just attack mercilessly and kill anything at all, including animals that make any form of noise whatsoever. Uh, and they can't see you, so you're completely safe walking around barefoot, as they often do. Just don't make any noise. Did I like it? Is it any good? It's got universal acclaim. Yes, I did like it. Um, it's a sci-fi horror, so there are a number of elements it needs to get right. Um, it is from about... I think, well, it's very moody for the opening, opening third or so. Um, and it's a very interesting universe. And it's it's clever filmmaking because in a movie where it's almost entirely in silence, you get a really big build-up of claustrophobia, which is what you need in this film. So the, the way the filmmaker uh, Krasinski's handled this is very, very clever. Because he gets the silence to engender the film of claustrophobia. From the halfway point, or just before, oh my god, it's unbearably intense. And it's really quite frightening as well. He handles their interaction with these creatures, which are bloody terrifying. <laughs> they're not that interesting, you know, they're not... They, they, you've seen similar, um, but they're very good versions of, of what's passed as, as scary monsters in the past. And they're held in the background for up until about a halfway stage. Um, but then you get the creatures coming more and more into the film and the interaction between the children and the monsters and the adults and the monsters sort of reaches fever pitch. And it is a fever pitch. It's so tense. It's almost unbearable. And it is scary. It is. I mean, it builds up tension very well, ratchets it up, and then it lets loose. And there's lots of very scary sequences. Pretty much the whole second half of the film is very tense and very scary. As things start to disintegrate, you would have picked the ways in which it does, and it doesn't matter because there's such good control. It's really well shot. The music's very tense, and the editing's very tense. The cast is really good as well. I mean, um, Krasinski's good as the guy. He's, he's probably the least interesting character in it because he plays the cipher character. He's the he's centre of the family. Much more interesting is Emily Blunt, who's this woman who's not only lost a child and is going through the grief, but is gaining a child. And that could potentially mean death for her and her newborn baby. So this tension ratchets up massively. And it's, I've loved Emily Blunt, and I didn't see the train movie she did last year, but I saw um, Sicario and Edge of Tomorrow, and she was a brilliant action hero in those films. So it's nice to see her in a role where she's, she's the wife in real life of the, of the guy. So it's nice to see her in this role as a mother and go through a whole different raft of emotions, which she does really well. She's very, very good. Um, I thought the star of the show was uh, Millicent Simmons, now, she's a, she's a deaf actress in real life, but she's brilliant because she has the guilt of killing her brother, 
Obviously, she didn't mean to, but you can see it writ large on her face, and she believes that her dad doesn't love her anymore. All those bits, the family unit bits, really fit together well. And the downsides to this to me are endemic with science fiction films in general, and that is that they should have some deeper philosophical meaning to them. Um, they should up throw up ideas and make you think about things external to what you're watching, and that doesn't happen here at all. There's a talk online that this, you know, it relates to motherhood and the dread of giving birth and stuff like that. You could say that, but that's pretty weak, really. I mean, it doesn't seem to necessitate what's going on, and you get no information about the um, monsters really at all, or, or any wider significance. That can work. I've watched film. I mean, there was a really, really good film called The Fog, um, which came out a few years ago, which was absolutely stunning. And that had monsters arrive in a small town, decimating the locals and so on. And you never really found out anything about them either. But there, it seemed to throw up so much more, seemed to make you think about the wider context and, and what else was going on. This is very insular. And another flaw is the fact that as a fair amount of incredulity i think science fiction films have a duty even how however fantastical they are they have a duty to be in their context realistic and there's quite a few sequences in this where i wonder you know would they have done that would they have had a would they have had a kid in that environment because you've shown how methodically careful they are about every single step they take and you just think, would they have really gotten pregnant in, in the environment? There's nothing worse that they could do than have a woman go through childbirth and give birth to a screaming baby in this environment. Not to mention the fact that the world's a pretty big place. But, you know, those are asides. There are, the, I, I think I gravitate more towards sci-fi films that actually fulfil those criteria where they will make you think about external things or wider context. Or, the, or most importantly, they'll make you think about the world now. And I don't think this does this. This is of a piece. It, everything exists from the first reel to the, the last shot. And you don't really get any sort of... You do wonder what, you know... There could probably be ways not for this not to be happening. I mean, they've got this soundproof bunker and stuff like that. And you do kind of wonder why aren't there more things like this going on. And you, and you kind of wonder what the purpose of the, the creatures are as well. Because they don't, see, they seem to solely exist to kill, but there doesn't seem to be any real reason or logic for it. But these are asides. As a film, it's very, very uh, gripping. It's intense. The performances are strong. It looks great. The monsters, when they appear, are great. And they're, like, the one film that really struck out. There's a very long sequence with um, a very pregnant Emily Blunt in the house with one of the creatures. And it really, really reminded me of Ripley with a Alien in the first Alien film when she's in the spaceship with it. It's got that same level of creeping dread. And it's and again, the cleverness, you can stand right next to one of these creatures and they don't know you're there. It's noise is the only thing they go on. So that enables a filmmaker to put the characters in very close proximity with very frightening animals indeed. Another quite quibble, the last shot is... It is from a different film. It's from a more traditional, cliched film. And it didn't need to happen like that. I thought that would undercut things. But all-round filmmaking, Krasinski's done a brilliant job directing this, and he marshals his very small band of troops extremely well. 
There's lots of really cool, terrifying sequences in it. And it's um, the whole premise of the, the noise thing is quite original. Um, I really liked it. So I'm going to give A Quiet Place 8.5 out of 10. Great stuff. This is uh, Tom Waits. I'm never going to stop playing for a while. From his 56-track compilation album, Orphans, Brawlers and Bastards. This is Lie to Me, which opens it.